Welcome to Small Business Spoonfuls Podcast, a laid-back discussion of the serious HR topics and trends of today. Sponsored by HelpDeskForHR.com. All right. So welcome, everybody, to another edition of Small Business Spoonfuls. I'm Lisa Smith, and I'm joined here with Mason Merrill. And we are going to be talking about some Department of Labor stuff today. Hey, Mason, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, no, it's uh, great to be back. Glad to uh, be recording another episode here. And yeah, we're, uh, uh, we mentioned on our last episode, we were kind of doing the Ask HR Support series. So now we're going to talk a little bit about a um, rule from the uh, Department of Labor that's kind of changed because, um, you know, I call it BC before COVID, AC after COVID, you know, so these are kind of some things that have come to light that uh, how the remote workplace is treated um, after COVID AC. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you're exactly right. You know, before COVID BC, um, <laughs> you know, uh, not a lot of people worked from home. I mean, some did, you know, we've always had some at home workers. But you know, of course, we saw with COVID, like everybody went home for, it seems like a year or two, you know, yeah, right. and and so some of the ways that we have viewed the way workers are treated in the workplace on site, as opposed to working from home, we've not taken the at-home people as seriously. And so Department of Labor just wanted to issue um, some guidance to us about, you know, the reminders that when people are working at home, they're still at work. Right. Right. Yeah. So this this was um, an opinion letter that was issued a few weeks back. So I guess this probably would have been issued. Um, I don't have the exact date, late January, early February. And it basically reminded us that we all understand the break requirements, right? So we know that if someone is going to have an unpaid break, then that needs to be at least 30 minutes long. And it needs to be where they're completely relieved of duty. Okay, so for years, we've understood that. And they wanted to remind us that the same goes for people working at home, that if you are required under your state law to give somebody a 30-minute meal break, for instance, that is unpaid, then you've still got to give them that break at home. It's it's not like you can be like, oh, we can waive the meal period. They can just work through lunch because they're at home anyway. It's not serious. Yeah. You know, we, we aren't going to do that. We're going to really take that seriously. Right. And I think the the, uh, you know, some of the purpose of them doing this stuff is like you mentioned, work from home has become a more popular thing. So we're trying to turn the views of employers to to real to um, treat the home workplace as they would the physical workplace. Yeah. And, you know, of course, by doing this, the DOL is not saying all employers are being terrible and not giving right. the workers breaks. No. They're not saying that. They're just saying that they've come across enough of the of the issues that yeah. it's time to say something. And it's time to shift the focus a little bit, you know, like where's our focus versus, you know, a broader spectrum or we just focused on the in-person workplace, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I feel like that was a really good thing. Now, we also know that the other issue here is that generally speaking, if an employee is not given a full 30 minutes and um, not fully relieved of duty, so like maybe a 20 minute break, very 15 minute break is very common, you know, the old coffee break, you know, kind of deal. Then we've, we've known for years that that is paid time. Yeah. But 
DOL has been stumbling across some workers who have complained that their employers are saying, well, you're at home all the time anyway, so we're not going to pay you for for your coffee break, so to speak. So, you know, you get two 15-minute breaks a day, so we're going to automatically deduct those 15-minute breaks because you're at home. And, yeah. you know, we, we can't, we, we could, we could sort of say you're fully relieved of duty because you're not even here, yeah. but that is not the proper way to view the homework workplace <laughs> right. because it's still for the purposes of this law. Anyway, it is still a workplace. Yeah. And it, no matter what the person's doing for the, the break or, you know, if, if you have in your policy that certain breaks are covered and certain breaks are unpaid or certain breaks are paid and unpaid, you need to apply that to the, to, to the home or just make a general, you know, like breaks are paid for, you know, kind of thing. So like, as long as it's, you're, you're getting done and stuff like that. So just a kind of a personal experience. I have a friend who, um, he works from home all the time and his lunch during his lunch break he orders DoorDash and then he likes to stream on Twitch and play games so for the 30 minute break he has his lunch streams and we play games sometimes and have a great time and those breaks are unpaid for his company so he clocks out and then clocks back in after it's done and so and there's no difference in that and being in the physical workplace and going out to lunch for an unpaid lunch with your friends and all that kind of stuff and then coming back so um, just kind of an example of just, you know, some in the physical workplace, that's no different than what he does on his, um, you know, in a remote workplace. I don't know if I'm phrasing that right, Lisa. No, you are. And that's a great example. And that is a great example of fully relieved of duty. I'm yeah. in, I'm in my home. I'm doing my thing on my own time. Now, if he did get like a 15 or 20 minute break at other times during the day, then if his employer required that he deduct that from his work time, his paid time, that would be illegal according right. to Department of Labor. And we couldn't use the the defense of, oh, well, you know, he's just at home. So we, we shouldn't have to pay him for those breaks because he's at home. You know, right. that that doesn't really fly. A workplace is a workplace according to the Fair Labor Standards Act. And that gets confusing because yeah. like, for instance, the Family and Medical Leave Act says that the home workplace is not considered a work site. And your official yeah. workplace is the one that you report into and get your assignments from. And so we have two different laws under the same umbrella of the Department of Labor defining the work site in different ways. So this is why it's really important to know each law and not assume that because one law says one thing, another law is going to follow that same definition. Right. So, yeah. And in the, you know, in what we're talking about here in the opinion letter, uh, for, you know, from the the uh, the DOL, ultimately short breaks are compensable for teleworkers. And that's the that's really the message of what is trying to be conveyed here. Yeah. And so in this um, opinion letter and then there was also a field assistance bulletin that was issued at the same time um the 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 fab as they call it field <laughs> assistance bulletin the fab like says whether teleworking at home or working at the employer's facility 
Employees often take short breaks to go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee, stretch their legs, and other similar activities. By their very nature, such short breaks primarily benefit the employer by reducing employee fatigue and helping employees maintain focus and be more productive at work. So that's something employers really have to take seriously is that, you know, anything that benefits the employer (laughs) is generally compensable to the employee. And so that's another way to look at these short breaks by allowing them, you know, freedom to stand up, walk around the house, go outside for a minute, come back, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes. And sometimes the breaks aren't even that long, but for that amount of time, they're actually pushing reset in many ways and able and they're able to come back and be more productive than if they had just been like chained to their desk the whole day yeah no i i feel that in my bones i can say you know because i during COVID, i came home you know we i we had our office and we decided to go fully remote and it was a big adjustment for me at first because i was like i was so structured and i go somewhere and i do the job and and it it it's something that me finding I have to get up and take breaks and walk around and to stay focused and not just like drift off at the desk sometimes really, really makes me more, you know, more, I'm more productive throughout the day. So just a little personal experience there. No, that's great. And then the other part of this uh, bulletin that was issued was making sure that employers always keep in mind that mothers who are nursing should still be given breaks to, you know, pump milk. And and the same rules apply on the workplace as they would if they're working from home. So we we want to not make any difference there for moms. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And they also note here that this also applies to cases in which an employee works from another site, such as a client's site. So the employer in this scenario must provide an appropriate place for the employee to pump that is shielded from view and free from observation by any employer provided or required video system, including a computer camera, security camera, or web conferencing platform. So again, you know, we saw this big move toward employers who were like requiring that a a person's camera be on all day, just like if I I could see you sitting at, yeah, like if I could see you sitting at your cubicle, then I should be able to see you through your, you know, webcam. But we have to keep in mind that there are, there are privacy issues that are also in play. And so that applies in the workplace, in the home workplace as well. People have tried to require that in, in this new age of you leave your camera on all the time, but the still the especially for the nursing mothers, you know, the, these rules still apply if they need to pump. And I think we actually did an episode on that. I can't remember exactly the episode, but we did a lot of the episode on those guidelines and um, without like setting up a proper place and things like that when you're when you're at home a lot a lot of those guidelines we talked about still apply here yeah absolutely so flip back through our previous podcast because you're right I, I believe we did do one a while back on that so yeah. so we we definitely just want to make sure that we're always keeping this in mind um you know this is kind of just a short and sweet little reminder a lot of folks might be like oh yeah we already knew that why did you waste right. the podcast on it you know but but really and truly a lot of employers don't know this and they don't realize that the workplace 
um, transfers from on-site to home, there is very little difference. And you would be surprised. I mean, you would be surprised at the things that people don't even think about, don't know, don't. And so we're, if you're doing it right, we're not talking to you, <laughs> you know, like we're just, you can That's just right. shake your head and nod and give yourself a pat on the back. But there are a lot of people out there that just completely are like, oh, I never thought about it that way. And it's not obliviousness. It's just like, oh yeah, you got to think about everything. So we're just trying to cover all the bases. And especially when an opinion from the DOL comes out something like this, we want to make sure we're covering it. Yeah. And they don't write these opinions for their health. So that means right. they're running into this. And yeah. so when you see a, a fab and an opinion letter <laughs> be published on the same topic, basically, um, you know that they're, this is number one, it's getting reported. It's on their radar, right. which means you need to take it seriously because you don't want to be on their radar personally as a company, right? No. HR's job is to protect the company. So make sure that we all understand, you know, these laws, even if they seem like they matter very little in your work. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for more reading and more information on this, we'll post a couple links, link to the fab, um, if we can do that. And, yeah, uh, and then, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, if you're interested in learning more, then, you know, you can uh, read up on it and go a little deeper on the dive on what all that entails. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I think that's it for today, huh? Yeah, I think so. That was a uh, uh, good a uh, quick episode and uh, go ahead and tee us up for our next one, Lisa. Okay. Well, so this next one that we're going to do is going to be a lot of fun. So this is another one of our, um, it's not one of the ask HR support questions, but it is another department of labor FLSA questions. And I have given it a little catchy title and that's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Okay. So the title of next of next week's episode is naughty girls need minimum wage and overtime too. And that's it. That's all you're getting. Okay, I'm a little traumatized by that, but okay. All right. I'll I'll have to tune in next week to understand what's going on here. <laughs> yes, you will definitely have to tune in, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but uh we thank everyone for listening once again. Uh this podcast is always sponsored by Helpdesk for HR. If you want to learn more about our services, go to helpdeskforhr.com and uh follow us on Twitter. Engage let's engage the conversation. Let us know what you think on these different topics we're talking about. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Helpdesk for HR. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess until next time, always remember what we say. You can't be audit proof, no matter how hard you try. But if you do follow the steps, the guidelines, the best practices, you have good policies and procedures, you can feel secure on the day that auditor, litigator, or investigator walks into your office. So that's why we say be audit secure. If you would like to learn more about our team and the services we provide, head over to helpdeskforhr.com. Our 8,000 plus members enjoy the essential training, tools, and support they need to keep up with ongoing legal changes, as well as maintaining solid HR and employment law compliance. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you hear, we'd love to hear from you either by leaving us a review or you can email us at support at helpdeskforhr.com.